Dear Disciple podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. It's good to be back. Yes, in the flesh. Yes, Silvana, Sister Helen. Hi guys, thanks made, for having me again. I made it back from my uh, my little brief sojourn in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Did you have any strange looks in the in the airport, airport as room? I was speaking about the the Holy Spirit? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably the strangest thing that um, people had heard for a little while. But mm-hmm. no, no, it was okay. So the Holy Spirit do his thing. You never know where the seeds are going to land. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I was, I was, we were using the, the wonders of technology to to phone in uh, from another place. But we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and obviously going through Father Jacques Philippe's, uh, one of his little little gem gems from mm-hmm. the School of the Holy Spirit. So we're up to chapter two. Yeah, chapter two. So last time we ended saying. Okay, it's a really good thing to be like the shortcut is to be faithful to these promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then chapter two, he's going to answer these questions he puts like, oh, how do I know something is from the Holy Spirit? Does everybody receive any inspiration? So we're going to attack these 10 points he gives us. Any inspirations in the last week since we last spoke? I feel like the Lord is at work all the time. I mean, he always is. But um, just in the little things, like I think I find that, um, this book particularly inspiring because it's it, reco- it reminds me of who and what I need to be attentive to. Mm. And I think we can sometimes get caught up in just the busyness of day-to-day life. Things for us here are crazy with World Youth Day, right? And so I think it's just the craziness of life can prevent us from really recognising when the Holy Spirit's moving or he's prompting our heart to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, I would say I've just had little moments where it's just like, okay, like come back to, to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. moving. And what what this chapter really speaks to us about is that we need to be proactive. That's in, it. In fostering that. That mm-hmm. we we can't just there's no passivity in it. We need to we need to foster an openness to the Holy Spirit. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast where we put the you in disciple. Where do you put <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> we still we still haven't worked it out. No. Okay. <laughs> this chapter I really like it. Okay. So he gives a little introduction. Can I go there? Go for it. All mm-hmm. right. Please so, <clears throat> this is really important. Being inspired by the Holy Spirit is normal. It's not this strange, unique, oh my gosh, one time in my entire life I was inspired. No, it's a really totally normal thing. And I love how he introduces the chapter and he says, look, the normal fruit of baptism is that you at baptism you're given all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit turn all of your faculties toward God. So they make... They, they incline you to be able to respond to the Holy Spirit. So it's a really normal thing for a Christian life that that we have this back and forward, this play, this, um, yeah, to and fro with the Holy Spirit. But how do we know it's the Holy Spirit? Ah, yes. 
Yes. Well, that's a whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it probably wasn't the Holy Spirit that told you to do something horrible. It's it's something that I I say to young people in the confessional all the time. Like, you're at mass, you go to confession, mm. you pray. You're a, a man of woman of goodwill. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Like trust the trust your judgment. Trust the prompting. Yes. But I don't think it's something that we we talk about enough. About how to how to trust that the spirit will inspire you mm-hmm. in and through your your daily life. Yeah. It's it isn't these just big lightning bolt things mm-hmm. that he does speak into your soul yeah. through the grace of baptism. Yeah. And I think that you know, he's gonna come up with ten things, ten ways we can actively foster it. So if we've made the decision as we did last week that we wanted to love God as much as he could be loved by us, then then we there are ten things we can do here, really concrete, to to actually turn ourselves to that, to, to respond to him. Um, <clears throat> and part of it is desire. Like how do I start to desire to respond to him? And then God will start using working through our desires and our motivations and sifting them so that we can discern. So by desire you mean, do I really want it? Yeah. Do I do I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to me? Yeah. Do you do you <laughs> survive? You lost understanding. You both looked at me at the same time, like with raised eyebrows. <laughs> I knew that question was coming. Intimidation. Um, I do, but I haven't always. Um. I know for a long time I was like, I don't know if I want to even know what the Holy Spirit wants to tell me or like to inspire in me because I was afraid that it was going to ask, he was going to ask too much of me or he was going to ask me to do something that I actually didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, like now I do by the grace of God, but it's by grace. And it's one of the times where reading the scripture doesn't always help. Why do you say that? (laughs) Because... Every time the spirit moves in the scriptures, something changes. Yeah, but I see. I just find that's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it can be really scary, and yeah. it can be scary to desire the Holy Spirit. Mm. If you, every time you see the Holy Spirit move, He demands something change. Spirit I, breathed over the waters, things change. Mm-hmm. Spirit breathed into the life of Mary, mm-hmm. her life changed. Mm-hmm. Christ breathed out His Spirit from the cross. The world changes. Spirit on the apostles, their lives change. Like yeah. every time we see the spirit, we nothing stays the same. And so sometimes it's easier not to desire the spirit mm. because you don't want things to change. Yes. So the people who let the Holy Spirit breathe on them, and we have these stories written down, show us that change was possible in them. The Holy Spirit could do that in them because of their disposition. Uh, and actually, we've just read, we're going through Acts of the Apostles, and we read my favorite example of this, um, Philip the Deacon. Yeah. Yeah. It's my model of what I want to be in my life in, in s- this context of being responsive. He's just walking down the street, and the Holy Spirit's like, go catch up with that chariot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the guy's reading this book. Oh, do you understand what you're doing? And he, he doesn't know. He is who he is and he gets there and he just does what he would normally do, but God is using him. And then 
okay, well, let's baptize you. And then he finds himself somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. Like that, that sort of availability to the Holy Spirit, that's a model for me. And then if you are available, there needs to be that willingness, mm-hmm. that resolve to then respond. Yeah. And again, that's equally scary sometimes. Well, it was for me. But had the Spirit not moved, though, then these amazing things that we hear in Scripture would not have happened. Yeah. If people weren't open. Yeah, but I don't want me to do it. <laughs> Why me, Lord? You but, were so funny. Well, no. But like, <laughs> so I, I think of the advice that um, my spiritual director gave me when I was discerning my vocation. He said, are you, are you asking the Lord for an answer? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, are you listening to the answer? Mm. And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and it became really clear that yes. for, for quite some time, the Lord had been making his will quite clear to me. Mm-hmm. The Spirit was putting all the things in place, but I didn't have that willingness. I had a desire to do God's will, but I didn't have a willingness, a resolve to do it. Yes. So... Because of the change, because of the challenge that it was then going to ask of me. And again, in a vocation, that's a big thing, but that also happens in small things each and every day. Yeah. And I think that's one of the first three things he says. You have to resolve to refuse God nothing. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sister, you always make it sound so easy. No, it's not easy. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, isn't faith just an adventure with someone who is the perfect plan? Like, he he has the perfect plan. It's like you're 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 guaranteed it's going to be amazing if you just say yes. It only gets <laughs> terrible if you say no. I think I think part of it is also understanding that God is good, right? Like, yeah. I think I think part of our hesitation, and I'm speaking from personal experience. I think part of my hesitation of not desiring to know the inspirations of the Holy Spirit was because I actually didn't trust in the depths of who I am, (laughs) like that God was good and that he wanted what was best for me. And so through little experiences, little yeses, I could tell he was faithful. And then I had to just take a leap of faith. And I was like, either the Lord's going to come through and prove that he is good or he's going to prove he's not good, right, in those leaps of faith. Mm. And so it, it was, I think it's, like he wants our good, like um, in everything, and it's trusting that when I say yes, he's going to give me the grace necessary to do that thing that he's calling me to. And this is the challenge because we we look at the Lord through our human eyes mm. and through our human experience, mm. and through most often trust that is broken or wounded and that damages us. And then we, we look at the Lord in the same way and say, you're asking me to do something big, but how do I know? Mm. Or how can I trust you? Mm-hmm. But that's when you go back to the scriptures yeah. and you go, okay, it might be scary, but every time something good has happened, yeah, every time uh, people in the scriptures open themselves to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and something changes in their life, something better does happen. Yes, and so that's where we have to really move beyond our our, our own 
fallen understanding mm-hmm. of what God is and actually trust. Mm-hmm. And that's where looking looking to the past. Yeah. And I think like obviously out of the pages of the scriptures into the life of the church, like the saints, yeah. the, the saints show us this mm-hmm. of that filial obedience and trust and openness to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and amazing things transpire. Yes. So can I do this? So the first three were praise and thanksgiving, desire, desire inspirations, and then resolve to refuse God nothing. And we've sort of done that backwards, but in that idea that um, how do I how do I learn to trust in God? So even going to scripture, if you go to I remember when I was in uni, and if things were rough, I found this trick. That if I went to, you know, in Daniel, when you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm. in the fire, mm. and they're in the hard spot, you're smiling, you like this piece. I, I, <laughs> I love this reading in Lent every year because yes. the poor first reader gets up and doesn't, doesn't know, know how it's coming, <laughs> and they have to say it like Nebuchadnezzar yeah, yeah. Yeah. seventeen times. Yeah. And my homily normally Sorry. always is. One of the great advantages of being ordained is that you never have to proclaim that passage no. publicly. Because I had that moment this time, this year oh. for Easter, and I was reading and I was like, it feels like deja vu because <laughs> yes. I'd done it last year. You and have to watch like, Veggie oh. Tales and then it's easy. Yeah. They make songs out of the, the names and so uh. you've got it. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Derailed the podcast. Derailed. Keep the going, po- sister. The point is, in hard moments – there they are walking around in the heart of the fire praising God. And uh, I learned that that was an incredible um, out of anything rough I was going through. So if I find that I'm getting down for any reason, I learned in that moment, like God just gave me that scripture, praise. You start praising God. You start praising, praising, praising him. You're lifted out of yourself to him to look at the one who is steady and you know and they're in the fire and they're like well even if he doesn't save us he's still good and it also puts things back in their right order Mm. because again one of the challenges of being open to the property of the holy spirit is you can then think well i have to do this oh yeah and in the face of your own sinfulness and brokenness it's like well I'm, i'm not worthy to do this yes and it's like but if you praise god and go well no but you are good yes and you will do this it it helps reorientate you to the the right order of things, yeah. And who will actually do this in you if you're open to it? That's right. Yeah. So praise and thanksgiving is a. It's praising God in the storm, and yes. it's taking our eyes off the storm and putting it on Him. Yeah. Which is always going to orientate us in the right direction. Like mm-hmm. I think, um, it reminds me of. I remember reading the Old Testament for the first time and I was like reading time after time and I'm like these Israelites like (laughs) these chosen people they keep like failing and then they come back to the Lord and then they keep derailing again and again and I got frustrated with them and I remember in prayer being like what is the point Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. like and then I realized that it what it was was it was actually showing the fidelity of the Lord time and time again. That no ma- and like we are each like, I know for myself, like we'll bear exactly like <laughs> the chosen people in the Old Testament where, you know, every time we sin, we turn away from the Lord and then we come back to him. Mm-hmm. And I remembered, I was like, it's about God's fidelity mm-hmm. 
to us all the time. And I remember writing down um, on a piece of paper and I put it beside my door. So every time I walked past it, it just said, he is always faithful. That line from scripture. Because I needed the reminder Mm -hmm. to know it was him that's always faithful. And I often am not. Mm -hmm. My favourite passage from the Gospels is Peter on the boat. And the Jesus, Jesus calling him out to walk on the water. And all the other apostles, you know, I just picture them sitting there going, don't you dare, like we know you. Like <laughs> you get out, you're going to sink and then you're going to get wet and then we're going to have to bring you back. And mm. yet he he trusts in the Lord and he steps out in faith and the Lord allows him to do something remarkable. And then he takes his eyes off the Lord <laughs> and he sinks. Yeah. And I like to picture sort of two or three nights later, the same scenario happening again, mm. like Jesus going, let's see, let's see whether Peter's <laughs> learned anything. <laughs> and Peter doing exactly the same thing again. Mm-hmm. But it is what you're saying, Silvana, that if we can keep our eyes on him, it's, it's we, through his power we can do the impossible. Mm. We can do the, yeah, the truly remarkable. Mm-hmm. But it's when we take our eyes off him, um, like the people of Israel, time and time again, yeah. Um, we f- we fall, mm-hmm. but we can always return. Stand back up, yeah. So we can resolve to refuse God nothing, trusting in His grace to carry it out, and that He's good. Um. The only bit I the what I like from the story of the Annunciation is that Mary wrestles with it for a little while. Mm-hmm. She then resolves. So I think we can wrestle. A little with the Lord. As long as we then open ourselves and say, okay, I'm wrestling with this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think we're allowed to we're allowed to wrestle with with the will of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives, mm-hmm. but with the spirit of openness. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Good. Okay, so then he throws us into wait, let's see, one, two, three, four. Five really active things to do of practicing. We're going to practice a lot of things. So if we really want to be docile to the Holy Spirit, there's a few things we need to, to start learning to do. It has to become natural to us to do things that are probably right now not natural for us to do. So the first one is practice filial and trusting obedience. How do I practice? Well, there's a lot of things that we already know uh, God wants for us the commandments, our state in life, our work, our social, like our commitments to our families. There are a lot of things that are really, really already clear. Um, how do I practice? How am I responding to to actually God in those things? Seeing it with faith, God is asking me this. Like I'm a student right now. Um, I'm doing this assignment for God, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey. And I'm not going to complain or whinge or put it off or uh, I'm actually just going to do it out of loving, trusting obedience to him. Um, is practicing the disposition. There's a beautiful letter from St. Francis de Sales to a widow mm. who had written to him asking whether or not she could leave her family and become mm. a cloistered nun. Mm-hmm. And he writes back and says, be faithful to your, your children now. And you'll be a faithful nun in God's time. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to that. Like if we practice fidelity in the things that we are called to now, yep. then 
we will be faithful to the bigger things, to the future, whatever it is God is calling yeah. to us in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it takes um, consent. Well, oh, here we go. Um, yeah, if we're careless about the things that are in front of us, we're not going to be, we're not really showing that we want more. Like, we, yeah, I really want all that the Holy Spirit wants to inspire in me. Well, you haven't made your bed for three days. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> make your bed. No, no, no. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Just simple things. Or how do I consent to, like, the normal events of, of obedience in my life? Am I just... Uh, flat about it. Oh, I guess I'll go wash the dishes because no one else did. I mean, you know, how how is our disposition? And if that, if you're a uni student right now or a secondary school student, that is being obedient to your study and being obedient to your regular timetable, and mm-hmm. like they they don't all have to be spiritual things. No, not at all. It's like, well, this is what this is where God has called me right now. These are the the things in my life to which I owe obedience. Yeah. Okay, can I be faithful in these things? Yeah. Or I said I'm going to call my mom on this day. Call her. Or I said I'm going to meet you here at this time. Be there. Or just really, really simple, simple things. But they they form us as persons. Like what sort of person am I? Am I someone that can be trusted with talents you know, that the Lord wants to give me? I think, and he speaks about it, that that requires a level of detachment which is very countercultural mm-hmm. in today's world. Like we need to be willing to, if we're going to be obedient to others, and this is, again, when it comes to the priesthood, sister, probably mm-hmm. for religious life, often people think that um, celibacy is the most countercultural sort of of the, of the vows or the promises. For me, it's obedience. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the thing that most people just don't quite understand is that if the bishop calls me tomorrow and says, I want you to do something else, well, that's what I do, mm-hmm. like... I'm detached enough from my own life, my own opinions, my own desires to be willing to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's not very common today. Mm-hmm. And But that's something that we're all called to live out, not just vowed, vowed religious and priests. Like yes. we're all called. If we want to be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, we need to be able to be detached enough from our own desires, our own opinions, yeah, our own wants. And he mentions that in his beautiful line where he says, it would be an illusion to think we were capable of obeying God if we are incapable of obeying other people. Yeah. Like that, oh. that's pretty incredible <laughs> like when you think about it, right? Like it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, right? No. <laughs> that feels really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> wow. Oh, Whose go. idea was it to do this book? <laughs> God's. <laughs> We're being faithful to events. It's like an examination of conscience it on is, a podcast. It's great. It's wonderful. We're being honest. Actually, I was in a retreat with Father Jacques, um, and I like a little thing he said here. When he, One of these other tips is practice abandonment. And he talks about obedience to events. And he has this image of a plate. I think I've talked about this before. So he... Um, it's like when you go to dinner and you're at some place and you've got all this little stuff on your plate, but then halfway through you're like, I don't really want that piece of sushi or whatever, and so you start hiding it behind the plants or just hiding it under a napkin. You don't, he says, no, in your life you must eat the whole plate, the whole plate. You have to be obedient to the whole thing. So the people in your life, the things you're being asked to do, the stuff that just happens that comes into your world – um, into your day 
you have to eat the whole plate. And I love that. I mean, he has his little French accent, which made it more funny. But <laughs> yeah, I um, one thing for me is about timeliness. Timeliness. Well, and I think this is again back in the olden days before mobile phones. <laughs> like you said to someone, "I'm going to meet you at twelve o'clock at the train station." Mm-hmm at Flinders Street Station, where the old people used to meet, like, you had to be there on time. Mm. And mm. one of the challenges for all of us now is with phones, if we're, if we're running a bit late, we can afford to be a bit late because we'll just text the person. I'll just share my ETA. Yeah. Mm. Just say, like, oh, sorry. But, like, how can we be obedient to the commitment of if we've said we're going to meet someone, mm-hmm. like, we'll, we, we actually do it. Like, there's there's a real sort of... Um, sense of death to self in that mm-hmm. and openness to the other. Mm-hmm. And if we're, if, if we practice it in a really practical sense, then it also, it is that training for obedience to the, the Holy Spirit. And if we're constantly late or constantly shifting boundaries with uh, the people in our lives, mm-hmm. then we're most likely doing that with God as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. Silvana. <laughs> so, sorry, I was late for our She's meeting today. She's always on time. I know, I'm like, mm. <laughs> hey, if we're gonna if we're gonna be open, <laughs> I'm the worst at it. Okay, but it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, absolutely. is the other person's time important to you? more important than my own? Yes. Like, and then it's the same with God. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I how do I treat God? Like, am I am I giving His opinion, His will? more prevalence in my life than my own or am I pushing the boundaries all the time with his will yeah I think it's really good it's about honoring the other Mm. like and respecting them in that way I Mm. think um the importance of I think we sometimes forget that it's things that interrupt our convenience or interrupt our um how we feel for example it's like well we know that we should be communicating with God each and every day. But sometimes we don't feel like it. Mm. But oh, So are we going to choose based on how we feel? Right. Or, or on a commitment. Yeah. On a commitment I've made, right? And it's the same, like it's, as you were saying, it goes hand in hand with how we, mm. we treat others as well. True. Okay. So can I just go back to this part of responding to events, you know, obedience to events? Because I think he, he outlines some dispositions that, are good to examine so for example he will say um how do can i practice consenting for example something doesn't go your way right there's an yes yeah really (laughs) okay so something doesn't go your way what happens in you and and can you consent to that peacefully i'm not not you father (laughs) we're not looking anywhere we're talking generally this is (laughs) this is really bad Okay. Carry on. <laughs> so can I peacefully and lovingly respond to that? Or there's some other options he gives that are maybe more frequent. <laughs> For example, do I rebel? Like, no, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be this other way because that's the way that I want it. Or I endure it, but really unwillingly. I'm just dragging myself through this thing. Or then I just resign and I give up passively. Like, okay, whatever, do whatever you want, but I'm not in it. Um, and he said, well, there's another way. And St. Therese has um, a thing of how do I choose the things that I didn't choose? I want to choose everything. How do I, So that kind of really shows a um, desire to be f- really free, exercise my freedom always. So I'm going to choose, she says here, I decide to choose what I have not chosen. 
so that her whole life is really freely in, fully engaged in and i think that's wonderful but takes practice and <laughs> to do it joyfully yeah and that i think that's the mark of saint therese is mm. that it was done with joy yeah because it's done in the Holy Spirit yeah. and the consoler comes, yep. rushes in. Beautiful. It's the disposition of the heart, right? Yeah. Like it's – and Father um, Jacques-Philippe says it in here. He's like it externally doesn't change anything, but inter- interiorly it changes yeah. everything. Yep. And that's the difference. Like we're not just meant to endure these things. Like it's a free act of the will. Like, And the freedom that we get when we – almost we're like grasping something. We're grasping at something so tightly Mm. that like because we want it to go a certain way and when it doesn't, it's like I can't even let go of this thing. Mm. But it's it's once you let go Mm. that you can actually exist in that freedom and it's no longer – the decisions that you make are no longer bound by that thing. I love the uh, account of the road to Emmaus Mm. because at the beginning they're leaving Jerusalem. Mm. They're they're fleeing – the impending persecution that's coming their way, mm. they have this encounter with the Lord and they turn around and go back to Jerusalem. Mm. And nothing in Jerusalem has changed. Yeah, But because of their encounter with the Lord, mm-hmm. because of their openness to his grace, they are changed enough to walk back in confidently yeah. to their persecution and ultimate death. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, what you're talking about here. It's like... If I choose it, open to the prompting of the Spirit, mm-hmm. even if nothing else changes, I've changed. Yeah. Even the Lord, I'm thinking now, e- in the Passion, the way that the Gospel writers highlight this, he's in the garden, he's sweating blood, and he's, but then he says, okay, fiat, you know, your will be done. He stands up and he's a king, you know, just a king through that whole, whole Passion, just... Mm-hmm. Silent when he wants to be silent, says what he wants to say. He's just so regal in the way he's so resolved, you know. It's beautiful. Right. Ba-da. Okay, the last three are, okay, well, that's like living a drama-free life. Practicing <laughs> Skip over that. Okay, sorry. We've gone, to, <laughs> we've gone through the drama. Okay, practice silence and peace. That would be great. Persevere faithfully in prayer. And he doesn't expand on them because they're in two other books that you should read that are excellent searching for maintaining interior peace and i think time for prayer is the other one he wrote for god time for god even yes but nine and ten awesome number nine examine the movements of our hearts and i think this is really important not living in a navel gazing introspection but if i want to discern if something's from the holy spirit or not I need to start being aware of what my motivations are. How do I live for love for God um, rather than being moved by fear or vanity or some other motivation that's not love? Um, mm-hmm. I think we're very good at examining our conscience for sin yeah, but not for the the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I really think sort of whether it's at as part of our our night prayer or our our prayers before bed. Yes, we need to examine those times where we've actively chosen. But there is a good practice in going. Okay, let me name at least one moment today. Yeah, where I actually was inspired by the Spirit and I I followed it. Yeah, and what was the effect on you yeah. when you did that? Mm. 
Uh, and the more that we can do that and name it, mm. it is like naming our sins in the confessional where we're taking ownership over it. Mm. We can we get better at taking ownership over the good things. Yeah. By being able to identify those times where we did it and go, okay, oh, and yeah, actually, I felt pretty good after that. Yeah. Or, wow, and then this and this and this happened. Mm-hmm. So maybe like making an intentional decision to sort of go, okay, I'm going to stop at some point of the day. It might be at three o'clock when I pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet or Grace over at lunchtime. Like what, what, what this morning, what prompting of the Holy Spirit did I actually respond to? Mm-hmm. And, and what happened. And what happened. And yeah, and that, that'll fuel the whole Thanksgiving and the whole cycle continues. It's beautiful. Yep. I think that's a very good practical takeaway. And from that, it fosters greater awareness during your, the days, like once you get yeah. into a habit of doing that, because you become aware all of a sudden of like, oh, when you reflect back, then in the moment you can become a little bit more aware of what's actually happening mm-hmm. as well. And then finally, sister, he says to us, be open to your spiritual director, mm-hmm. which of course you should be, or your regular confessor. We're not always the best judge of our own character. Mm. Very rarely we are. Mm-hmm. And having that sort of sounding board, that mirror, mm-hmm. more often than not, young people come to confession wanting to be told to be tougher on themselves, but the response generally is, hey, be kinder on yourself. You're actually nowhere near as bad as what you think you are. Yeah. Yeah, God's grace—it's it, in you already, and mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. It's not—it's mm-hmm. not out there waiting to be called upon. It's there. It's in you, and you yes. are actually—you might not see it all the time, but you do act out of it. Mm-hmm. It's about harnessing it and doing more of it. Amen. It's looking good. It's even in you, Sawana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Well, thanks for joining us for our public examination of conscience today. <laughs> <laughs> You're it's wonderful. It's not, it's not always easy. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that. Yeah, okay. We don't get it's it right all, all the okay. time. No, no. And it's not about getting it right. It's about being in it. Life being it. No? <laughs> <laughs> now you're showing your age, sister. Yes, I'm really old. But stay tuned next time where we're going to talk about um, how can we know for sure that it comes from God. So, And he's going to give some criteria to confirm that it comes from God. So if we practice between now and then of seeing where grace, where we think we're being moved, next week we can see where we're right. Thanks, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Silvana. Thank You're you. Welcome. Uh, lots of great stuff happening in and around Melbourne at the moment on campus, off campus. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you around. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, Thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus.
The You Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.